Ron chapter 30. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. Welcome back to the Bible. It's August 12th, 2022. And I'm struggling to sleep. Like every time I try to, to go to bed early, so my brain is like, uh, 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 A. Ron. Restoration from captivity. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Put a little couple of disclaimers. You might lightly be, you might be hearing the light sounds of nine hours in the silence, instrumental worship soaking in his presence on YouTube, playing in the background. Go follow them, subscribe to their channels. Cool little music to put, relaxing music to play in the background to just meditate to or this podcast. Once again, hopefully, they don't hit me up for any royalties in the future. Once again, I also need to make my own soaking music, soaking in his presence. I'll call it marinating in his presence there you go what is that word called when you soak meat chicken uh y'all don't know what i'm talking about brine brining in his presence there you go brining in his presence that's what we'll call it Reading on the Christian Standard Version, Tony Evans Study Bible. Restoration from captivity. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Write on this scroll all the words that I have spoken to you. For look, the days are coming. This is the Lord's declaration when I will restore the fortunes of my people, Israel and Judah. Says the Lord, I will restore them to the land I gave to their ancestors and they will possess it. These are the words the Lord spoke to Israel and Judah. This is what the Lord says. We have heard a cry of terror, of dread. There is no peace. No peace. And ask and see whether a male can give birth. Why did you say that? Why? Ask and see whether a male can give birth. Why then do I see every man with his hands on his stomach like a woman in labor, and every face turned pale? I thought I was about to make a dig at, at homosexuality here, because we live in a generation where men, yeah, are sleeping with men, and women are sleeping with women. Yeah. I don't know. For some reason, my brain thought he was going to make a, some type of reference to, like, men. Like, why are these men sleeping with each other, thinking they can have babies together or something? Or, like, yeah, I don't know. My brain went down an interesting place. And, and ask and see whether a male can give birth. Why then do I see every man with his hands on his stomach like a woman in labor and every face turned pale? How awful that day will be. There will be no other like it. It will be a time of trouble for Jacob, but he will be saved out of it. Interesting, he calls him Jacob, not Israel. 
always like to pay attention when he uses the name Israel versus the name Jacob, or when he uses both. On that day, this is the Lord's declaration. This is the declaration of the Lord of armies. I will break his yoke from your neck and tear off your chains and strangers will never again enslave him. You ever feel enslaved? At times I feel enslaved. I feel enslaved. You know, when I say this, it's just a feeling. That's all it is. It's like I feel enslaved by this like yoke of lust ever since I was a young boy. And at times I feel free from it. And other times I feel like it's not go away. Ever since I was a young boy, it's, I feel like it's been there. And I know in Jesus, I accepted Jesus into my heart. All the chains and the yokes were gone. But it's still, it's almost like, it still feels like it's there. And my actions are as though it's still there. Like I'm still bound to it. But I know I'm free in Jesus' name. I'm free. I am free. You are free. We are free. I will break his yoke from your neck and tear off your chains, and strangers will never again enslave him. They will serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. As for you, my servant Jacob, do not be afraid. This is the Lord's declaration, and do not be discouraged, Israel. Mm. Jesus, Jacob, then Israel. Discouraged, afraid. For without fail, I will save you out of a distant place, their dis descendants from the land of their captivity. Jacob will return and have calm and quiet. Yes, so this is my prayer for myself. Lord, I pray that I will not be afraid anymore, that I will not be discouraged, that I will not be paranoid, that I will not be anxious. That I will live in calm and quiet. Yeah, calm and quiet my soul, Lord. No matter what comes my way, Lord. Calm and quiet my soul. With no one, yes, with no one to frighten him. For Verse 11, for I will be with you. This is the Lord's declaration to save you. I will bring destruction on all the nations where I have scattered you. However, I will not bring destruction on you. I will discipline you justly. And I will by no means leave you unpunished. That's the part I don't want to hear. Like, Lord, can you just go light on the punishments and the discipline? Well, discipline is good because it, you know, discipline is not necessarily a bad thing. It helps us have good habits, godly habits. It's like it's important to discipline ourselves when it comes to our finances or in. Yeah, the things that we eat or exercise, you know, or studying. If you're trying to be a doctor or something like that, you got to discipline yourself to be like, you know what? We're not going to hang out this week with our friends. We're going to focus on studying today, this whole week. If you want to be great at anything, you have to be disciplined. It's the same thing in our walk with Jesus. Discipline. Discipling. Allowing God to disciple us.
basically seeing how he does things and following suit. All right, healing Zion's wounds. Verse 12, for this is what the Lord says, your injury is incurable, your wound most severe. Mm. You have no defender for your case. There is no remedy for your sores and no healing for you. All your lovers have forgotten you. Even your first wife. They no longer look for you, for I have struck you as an enemy would with the discipline of someone cruel. Because of your enormous guilt and your innumerable sins. Why do you cry out about your injury? Your pain has no cure. I have done these things to you because of your enormous guilt and your innumerable sins. He said it twice. He said it twice. I mean, is this important? Nevertheless, all who devoured you will be devoured, and all your adversaries, all of them, will go in into, off into exile. Those who plunder you will be plundered, and all who raid you will be raided. But I will bring your, you health and will heal you of your wounds. This is the Lord's declaration for you call out, for they call you outcast, Zion, whom no one cares about. So this part, verse 17, where it says, but I will bring you health and will heal you of your wounds. This is the Lord's declaration. It's reminds me of Psalm 147.4, where he says, I've healed your broken heart and bandaged all of your wounds. All right, next heading is restoration of the land. Verse 18, this is what the Lord says. I will certainly restore the fortunes of Jacob's tents and show compassion on his dwellings. Every city will be rebuilt on its mound. Every citadel will stand on its proper site. Thanksgiving will come out of them, a sound of rejoicing. I will multiply them and they will not dis decrease. I will honor them and they will not be insignificant. His children will be as in past days, his congregation will be established in my presence. I will punish all his oppressors. Jacob's leaders will be one of them. His ruler will issue from him. I will invite him to me and he will approach me. For who would otherwise risk his life to approach me? This is the Lord's declaration. You will be my people and I will be your God. The wrath of God. Look, a storm from the Lord wrath has... This is the heading near the wrath of the God. Look, a storm from the Lord. Wrath has gone out, a churning storm. It will whirl about the heads of the wicked. The Lord's burning anger will not turn back until he has completely fulfilled the purposes of his heart. In time to come, you will understand it. Mm. My Lord. Yeah. I'll just, my, I have a good friend Helen out and she's in Spoke I like to say Spokane Washington but it's Spokane makes no sense so why do you put an E behind at the end she's out there in Spokane Spokane and she was telling me she was reading uh, Revelation or listening to it on reading it and listening to it through the Bible app and she's like, do you, have you ever read Revelation? And it caused you to start feeling like heavy and kind of sick in a way. And 
I was like, yeah, that happens a lot when I'm reading the word. <laughs> like, not just Revelation, but the entire Bible. Like, even Jeremiah or the prophets. That I'm, yeah, I, the prophets like Isaiah and Hiram and Jeremiah. And when it starts talking all that doom and gloom stuff and God's judgment and his wrath, it makes me tremble. And then sometimes it gives me anxiety, causes me to be paranoid and fearful. And it's like, I, and just thinking the whole time, my like, Lord. I just don't want to be on the wrong side of your judgment when that time comes or as it's coming. Shoot, I feel like the world is under God's judgment right now. Um, it could be a whole lot worse, though. It could be raining sulfur and fire and brimstone from the sky. Like Sodom and Gomorrah, where you destroyed them, where he could. <sighs> you already said he wouldn't completely flood the earth. With the rain, yeah, you get the rainbow to Noah. But uh, yeah, these are the days of Noah when he had the the world was so wicked that he had to flood the entire earth. That's pretty bad. He had to cleanse it. He had to baptize them jokers, whether they wanted to or not. And only Noah and his family was spared. And what did they do? Immediately started sinning. What is it? Ham exposed his father's nakedness in that wild. Yeah, Noah got drunk. Isn't that crazy? I wonder why nobody's ever preached a sermon. They all, yeah, on Noah getting drunk. I've never heard one. The significance of Noah getting drunk. Like, what if Noah hadn't gotten drunk after that flood? How different would the world have been? Like, think about that. Just think about that for a second. I'm just, I don't know why I'm going on this rabbit hole, but Noah just saw God do this miraculous thing where he flooded the entire earth, killed everybody, spared his him his family and some animals and his job was to repopulate the earth and start a whole new race of god-fearing people but what did noah do he got drunk and then what did his son do see him naked start laughing go went and told his other brothers shem and japheth and reintroduced sin back into the world and then who was it that daughters slept with their father. I think that was Abraham. No. Hold on a second. Daughters and Bible slept with father. I'm getting my stories mixed up. Those are Lot's daughters. That was later down the line. But they wouldn't have slept with him. Think about that. Because Lot is a descendant of Noah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, because Noah was before Lot and Abraham and all that. It's like a, yeah, here we have a generational sin pattern curse of alcoholism. Because Lot's daughters would have never, when most likely Lot wouldn't have slept with his daughters if he wasn't drunk. Or maybe he would have, I don't know. Anyway. I don't know why I just started thinking about all that. Noah reintroducing sin into the world. But yeah, now we see, 
you had some flooding in St. Louis and flooding in random other parts of the world. I think it was in Kentucky or something somewhere. That was a big old flood. That was kind of abnormal. But it could be worse. It could be worse. We're living under the age of grace right now. Tonight was a supermoon, some meteor showers, God showing signs and wonders in the sky. Letting us know he's there and he's coming back soon. Anyway. Some of Jeremiah, these are the Tony Evans notes. Some of Jeremiah's prophe- prophecies of Judah's restoration occurred in history. Others can only be accompanied when Christ returns. Hmm. For instance, God's promise that the days are coming when he will restore the fortunes of Israel and Judah looks forward to the end time because the northern kingdom of Israel was not impacted by Judah's captivity. Having gone into captivity themselves over a century earlier, God prophesied a day when the two kingdoms would again join together as one in the promised land. The Hebrew phrase translated time of trouble is the same one translated in Daniel chapter 12, verse one as time of distress. Both passages speak of this time period as worse than any the world has seen. There will be no other like it such as never has occurred since nations came into being. This is a picture of the coming seven year great tribulation immediately preceding Christ's return. The Great Tribulation. It will be a time of unparalleled suffering for Israel until Jesus appears to judge their enemies and rescue them. See, I don't understand all the timing of this. The seven-year tribulation and the millennial kingdom. and Christ, the Messiah from the line of David, their king, will rescue and restore his people. Judah's desperate, sinful condition had left the nation with gaping wounds that no one could heal. Yet what is impossible with man is possible with God. See Luke chapter 18, verse 27. The Lord will intervene. Though Israel has been back in their territory since the rebirth of the nation in 1948, most of the Jewish people continue to disbelieve the gospel of Jesus Christ. But when many Jews embraced Jesus as their Messiah during his millennial kingdom, see Romans 11, 25-27, God will again gladly identify with Israel. Man, sometimes I'll look at, I have people in my car, even the young lady I'm talking to now, woo-woo, and it's like, I want them to know the goodness of Jesus Christ, his love, how much he desires to, to be in their lives, and for them to experience his goodness Right, and sometimes it, I find myself compromising. I find myself trying to just be likable. I've always struggled with that my whole life, like standing on one side and being liked, and kind of blending in, and not coming across as Mister Religious Man, but also being like, hey, like being set apart. You know, I don't talk like that. I don't listen to that type of music. I don't go to these places. I don't do those things. Anyway, that's not my main point. I look at woo-woo and I look at the other people. 
that are in my car. And I'm like, sometimes like, man, they need Jesus. Shoot, I need Jesus. I, I've been walking with this with Jesus since I was a little boy, and I still need him every moment of every day, right? And I want them to know that, like, especially Woo right now. She's been through a lot in her life. She's still overcoming a lot, right? And, um, I don't know. I, I was supposed to take her to the prayer room a while ago. Like, shoot, instead of here the other a couple nights ago. Um, yeah. Whenever we link up again, I'm going to take her. It'll be a surprise. And just be like, hey, no matter how bad things get, this can always be a refuge for you. I want you to know that. And Jesus loves you. And uh, I'm going to try to lead her, lead her into the center through a sinner's prayer. I know I've been the best example to her. But in some ways, I don't know, it's weird, like, I asked her, I asked Wu, I was like, what kind of guys do you normally date? And she said, I usually date guys who treat me like crap. And I was like, man, I see that in a lot of women out here who just date these guys who just treat them like crap. I mean, at times I didn't treat my former wife very well. Compared to a lot of guys, I was a great husband. But as my former wife used to say, you're in you're not your kingdom man you're christian you're not supposed to compare yourself to other men you compare yourself to god's standard anyway where's i going with all that it's weird i in this season of my life right now i'm drawn to not dating a an actual like a normal christian woman like a one flyer for god woman i'm drawn to this woman who curses <laughs> like she, had, she, didn't, she didn't curse that much today with me. But when I first met her, she cursed a lot. And, um, what else? Like, yeah. I've seen some of her tick twerk videos. <laughs> oh, man, it sounds bad. But, like, I see more for her. Like, I see, like, even Steffi Curry, I was dating a while ago. She used to be an exotic dancer, right? And I'm saying, not saying their real names to protect these women, right? I'm like, God, if you can deliver an exotic dancer to be in on fire for you, I can only imagine what she can do for this young lady. And I'm not saying, you know, some women, they'll date a guy and be like, think they can change him. My goal isn't to change this woman. I think that's why I'm drawn to her so much, because... And I'm drawn to a lot of different women because sometimes I like I feel this one part of me wants to like like show them the love that they never received from a guy. And also like kind of be like the hands and feet of Jesus. But it's like you have to like be careful because the emo- the sexual, emotional, impure side of it can creep in. Right. It's really hard to explain what I'm trying to say. The beauty of me being single right now is I'm not tied to one wife. And, um... I'm not saying I'm out here just dating a bunch of women. I'm, like, exclusively talking to Woo-Woo right now. And, um... All I'm saying is right now, yeah, she isn't 
we are definitely not equally yoked. But I have this vision that I don't even know if I necessarily see her as my future wife. I'm trying to just enjoy her company, enjoy the process of us both being restored. Like she's kind of like the beginning phases of where I was at like three years ago. And I'm kind of in the middle of my restoration process. I mean, restoration is a daily thing. It's a moment, it's an hourly thing. It's a minute by minute thing. But what I'm saying is I've come a long way and she has a long way to go. She's young too. She's only 24. I'm 35. And um, yeah, she's been through a lot. I've been through a lot. Some of it self-inflicted, some of it just, you know, the hand that we're dealt, you know, and trying to battle mental health stuff and trauma and depression. And she deals with mental health stuff just like me and I'm just going to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you're a God of restoration. That you are the best fixer, upper, whatever you want to call it, show in the world, right? You love us. You don't just leave us. You say you'll never leave us or forsake us. You say you'll leave in 99 to go after the one sheep that is lost, Lord. I'm your lost sheep. I'm that one. Your daughter, woo-woo is that one the people listening to this podcast they're that one we're all that one god even if we've been walking with you our entire lives god all of us have a tendency to wander um or even wander in our minds lord we're not perfect we have not achieved we not have not reached our glorified bodies yet no everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of god or as my son matthew famously said while we went to the zoo when we saw the goats well he said the sheep he said they stink but he said the goats they stink even more and um i was just like just seeing that hearing that through the eyes of a child it's like yeah lord we don't want to be goats (laughs) and they stink really really bad they are just man so stinky in their sin lord Oh, we're, yeah, we don't, and I know you're separating your sheep from your goats. Thank you, Lord, you call us your sheep. And Lord, we understand, yeah, yeah, when we start to stink, we know who to go to to get clean. And um, thank you, Lord, that you call us clean, that you call us white as snow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Jesus, that once again, we are being restored. We are being restored. We are being restored. Help me to be your ambassador, Lord. Help me to speak up when you want me to speak up. Help me to say the things that you want me to say. Give me the words to say. Give me the um, the strength to do the right thing once again and walk in your ways. I pray you watch over me and keep me as I go to sleep. Pray if it's your will, which I believe it is. Pray that you all wake up filled with joy and peace, peace in my mind. And um, we pray for that woman that passed away on that plane in her sleep. God, we don't understand why that happened, Lord, but you do. We pray that family would be healed, Lord, that they would experience that you have healed their broken hearts and bandaged all of their wounds, that you collect all their tears in a bottle. And I pray that something beautiful, a story of redemption, restoration, and joy would come out of that, God, in their pain, that they would experience your power, the power and the love of Jesus Christ. And that they will be able to share that story abroad to many, as many people will listen. Even those that won't listen. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. 
Amen. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned, or missed the mark, or veered off the path, and fallen short of the glory of God, or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death, or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen. Jesus, 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 Jesus,